Well, hello, everyone. I'm Gayla Zos, and welcome to episode number 17 of the Simple Marketing Academy podcast. This week is another industry focus week, which means you'll be hearing from somebody who's working in those marketing trenches, somebody who's out there promoting her business. In this episode, I talked to Shannon Bradford. She's the co-owner of a gaucho in the gringa. That's a food truck based in Sandusky, Ohio, on the shores of Lake Erie. Shannon and her husband, Jorge Avila, have used social media to build a booming business. In fact, they've amassed a huge social following, and that's the main reason I wanted Shannon to be my guest for this episode. They've built what I consider to be a rabid social following, especially for a business that operates in a small town and for a business that's closed in the wintertime. Now, if you've been listening to the Simple Marketing Academy podcast for any length of time, you know that I often talk about how I know my guests, what my connection is to them, maybe I've worked with them. Well, in this case, in the spirit of full disclosure, you need to know that I've known Shannon her whole life. In fact, well, I'm her mother. So when it comes to being an entrepreneur, she's definitely a chip off the old block. So if you're wondering how you might use social media to make your business more successful, I think you're going to like what Shannon has to say. Let's listen in. Welcome to the Simple Marketing Academy podcast. If you're a budget-conscious small business owner who wants to learn more about marketing, join us weekly as Simple Marketing Academy founder Gayla Zoes helps you make sense of today's mind-boggling array of marketing options. So sit back, relax, and get ready to cut through the confusion because the Simple Marketing Academy podcast is starting now. Hey there, Gayla's here with the Simple Marketing Academy podcast, and joining me today is Shannon Bradford. She is the co-owner of a food truck in Sandusky, Ohio, called The Gaucho and the Gringa. Welcome, Shannon. Hi there. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. So let's let's kick this off with a little information about you. Now, in North Central Ohio, on the shores of Lake Erie, which is where you're located, you and your husband, Jorge, are known as the founders of the Gaucho and the Gringo, the Gringa. And this is a food truck that's developed an almost cult-like following. I don't think that's too strong of a statement. So <laughs> how, did, how did this business come to be? Well, it's, um, it's actually pretty much a reflection of who we are as people. So the Gaucho... And the gringa is, in its most literal sense, it's who we are. My husband is uh, from Argentina. He is the gaucho, so he's the South American cowboy. And I am the gringa, which is a North American white girl. And we met while backpacking in South America several years back, back in actually 20, 2013. That's more than several years. But um and we hit it off and we started traveling together. And then, you know, one day we came to Ohio and we thought we should get married. <laughs> so we did and we settled here. And um, less than a year into being in Ohio, we had the idea to start a food truck because 
my husband and I always wanted to open a restaurant, but we knew that the overhead um, was pretty significant. Um, and so we just kind of thought that a food truck might be a good first step. And so we launched it in September, actually August of 2016. We, we launched it in record time, actually. It, it, it went from concept to execution in about two months, which is wild and I don't recommend to anyone. <laughs> um, but we, we launched the food truck and we just kind of figured we would make it a fusion of Argentinian and American food to represent who we are as people um, and as a couple, pretty much. And so that's what we started with. and it's. It's honestly, it just has taken off since then. Every year has been markedly bigger and better than the last. And um, Ohio has taken very well to our concept. I have to say that. So that's kind of the background. Well, I must say the food is very good. And now you've, you've actually expanded. You added a second food truck this year, didn't you? Yes. This year we premiered our fully customized, drivable workhorse food truck. It's 26 foot long. Um, we started with a very small trailer, which we still use, but um, the trailer was kind of secondhand. It was just something that we, we purchased off um, a guy who sold ice cream and donuts out of the, out of the trailer. And uh, we, we modified it to fit our needs, but it's never been perfect for what we need. And so this new truck that we built out is absolutely 100% perfect for what we do. And the differences in our serve time are incredible. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it is amazing. The, the, the growth has been meteoric, really. So one of, the, one of the things that we do a lot here on the Simple Marketing Academy podcast is that we're, we're breaking down into bite-sized pieces. Now that's, you know, it's not accidental that I chose that <laughs> language for an episode with a, uh, a food truck entrepreneur. But anyways, um, we, we break things down into bite-sized pieces so people can understand how to do things. Okay. We're, we're talking basics. We're talking building blocks here. So when you were starting out, what types of advertising did you consider and why, why did you decide, okay, we're not going to, you know, we're, we're going to do social. We're not going to do all these other things because there's a lot of things you could do. But why did you choose social media as the primary vehicle to get the word out about your business? Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, there are a lot of options out there. And I think that a lot of the options, what's best for each business really varies based on what industry you're in, I think. And so when it came time for us to spread the word, we got a lot of advice from well-meaning friends and family members um, recommending more traditional outlets like take out an ad in the newspaper, uh, pay for a commercial on TV. And those are absolutely valid ways of advertising. But what we felt was going to reach the most people and be the biggest bang for our buck was strictly Facebook. And now I, 
there's other, obviously there's other social medias and, and it's kind of, it's almost sacrilegious for me to say that because for the longest time, Twitter has been a huge go-to for food trucks specifically, but because of where we live, which is a relatively small town on Lake Erie. I mean, we're not anywhere near the size of even Cleveland or Columbus. I knew that Twitter does not have a big presence in my daily life here in Sandusky and that it's, I don't, it's not the go-to for me. And I know that it's not the go-to for a lot of businesses. So I saw that focusing on Facebook was the best way to reach pretty much the biggest amount of people possible. And so what I really focused on was boosting posts in Facebook only. And I did some experimentation. I did experiment with Instagram, um, which I still use, but it's not my primary vehicle for reaching the masses. Um, And Twitter, I kind of, I would just cross post to Twitter as a formality in the beginning. And now I don't even do it. Um, Just because of where I live and the particularities of this region. Um, I know that if I were operating my food truck in Chicago or Cleveland or Columbus, that would be a lot different. But for here, I knew that Facebook was pretty much the best way to reach the most amount of people. Yeah. And, and, and what you're not saying, but what's implied in your response is that you chose the social platform where you could find your people. Okay, who are the people who are going to buy what you offer? I mean, you're you're really catering to a specific demographic, people who are looking for a certain kind of experience. So, so talk a little bit about who your people are and how knowing that helped you choose the right social platform. Yeah, so Our demographic is, I think in a nutshell, it's not just, you know, young people or certain type of like age bracket. Like it really spans all different ages, but specifically people who are looking for high quality food or people who travel and, you know, specifically look for different cuisines and who want an experience with their food. And people who are just looking for something different from what's already available in the area. And so I know, like, for example, people my age who kind of eat the way that I do or, or eat the way that we cook, um, they're not really reading the newspaper. They're not really like no one has cable anymore. Commercials to me are kind of defunct. Like I haven't had cable since I was in college um, back in, you know, 2007. Okay. And for for the audience, you're 35. So just 35 knows. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's been a long time since I've had, cable and I'll never have cable again. And so that's why, that's why those mediums were completely ruled out for me. And I knew that, you know, social media is the best way to reach this broad swath of people 
who, I mean, when I look at my customer, it's not all just, you know, 25 year olds. It's really quite diverse, but they share these threads in common. You know, maybe, maybe some people prioritize the fact that we offer a different take on Latin American food that isn't Mexican. You know, maybe, maybe they've been to Argentina and they have an emotional connection with empanadas already, or maybe it's this random 45 year old woman who only eats grass fed beef because that's what we serve and really prioritizes grass-fed, grass-finished beef for her family. Um, it's, it's hard to reach these people any other way, especially when there's, you know, such a broad range of qualities that unite them, that bring them to our truck. And um, social media is just the absolute best way <laughs> to reach people you never planned on and that you couldn't have planned on any other way. Yeah. Yeah, and and the the power of social media in in its um, you know social media is this rare bird. It is owned media because you have a page, you put your stuff on it. It's paid media because you can boost a post or run an ad, but it's also earned media, meaning that you know people will talk about your food. They'll share your posts with others. And so you, that, that is, that is basically unpaid promotion from your fans, which can also turn on you if they don't like you, but it's, um, it's just a super powerful way to reach this, this niche really. I mean, if we, if we would put your business into a Venn diagram, we'd find all of these ages, we'd find all these races, we'd find all of these, you know, income levels, but they all share just a couple things in common. And I think social, you were really smart to choose social because that's the best way for those people to find you and then tell their friends that they found you. And, and that's exactly what's happened for you because you have what I would call a rabid social following today. And how, how many people are following your social accounts today? Um. Well, I know that on Facebook, we recently passed 4,000. I think we're heading for 4,500 already. And that kind of surprised me because it just keeps growing. And I mean, I remember back in the beginning when we hit 1,000 and we were, <laughs> we were thrilled. And now, I mean, by the end of the year, we'll probably pass 5,000. And I honestly didn't even notice when we passed 4,000 earlier um, in the spring. And it is honestly, because of exactly what you said, people loving our food and sharing it on their pages. And then it just, it brings so many more people right to our, right to our window. But, um, so yeah, on Facebook, we're heading for 4,500. And I think on Instagram, um, we're around 1300 followers, 1400, maybe I'm not positive. I haven't checked that recently. Um, because like I said, the majority of my efforts and the interaction happens on Facebook. Yeah. Well, I, I think just, just to put this in perspective for our listeners, this is a food truck that's open seasonally. Okay. The winners in, in Northern Ohio, they're not like the winners in Tennessee. All right. So you're, you're, you're not open year round. And so and and we're and you're operating primarily in a town of what 
what's the population of Sandusky now? 20,000? 20, I was going to say, yes, 20 to 25,000. Yeah. Somewhere around there. So this is a small, a small town, really. And I mean, I, I consider that a huge accomplishment for a business that is seasonal and has only been in operation for what this is. This is your fifth year. Yeah. Our fifth birthday is in September. Yeah. Yeah. So have you done anything special to build audience? Have you run specials? Have you done, you know, games or gimmicks or things to get more people to like your page? Yeah, we, we do on occasion. I'm not crazy about doing these so frequently because I honestly, I just don't have the time to uh, plan things out as much as I would like to. But um, we we're always kind of like, I would say probably twice a year, I make it a point to run some sort of giveaway which I honestly view as more of a, a, just a perk of being a fan of ours because I, we love to give back to our fans as well because we have some diehards and it's just incredible how, how committed they are to our food. And so I like to give, give back in that way. And so we, for example, we just ran a um, giveaway where I, we just got gift cards for the first time. And so I asked people to just comment and, you know, like our page and comment with what they want to see come out of our kitchen next. That was the only criteria for entering. And, um, and then I randomly selected one winner and they got a $50 gift card for our food truck. Um, we, let's see, what else do we do? Sometimes if I'm gunning for a certain amount of followers, like, you know, let's say we're at, I think I, one time I did, we were at like 2,800 likes and I wanted to get to 3,000. So I said, whoever is the 3,000th like on our page will get, you know, a gift. So we do stuff like that and it's fun. And, it, and people really get into it. We, we had a big hullabaloo this year before our, our, uh, we premiered our new truck, which was, um, I dropped hints. On, on Facebook every two to three days with an obscure picture of what our big news was. And um, basically everyone guessed with each hint. And then I said at the end, I'll pick, you know, however many winners, I think I might've picked five, five winners to win a prize for participating. Um, and it just, it, it really gets people talking about your business. You know, it, it, it really gets injected into the algorithm. <laughs> so, and it's so fun. I mean, it's, it's stuff that we enjoy. We don't do things that we don't enjoy for the business. Um, I think that's kind of where I stand on it is the types of things that I want to put out there to build our following. I want to also enjoy. And so I really kind of use that as my guideline of what we do. Mm -hmm. Walk us through your day-to-day -day approach. What, what, are, what are you doing? Who's doing the posts? What kind of posts do you do? Are you working from a calendar? Do you have some kind of a plan in mind or a, a long-range um, editorial calendar? Just talk about how you, how you execute it. 
Yeah. So our, um, my approach to social media is really, uh, it is structured, even though I don't maintain a calendar, we kind of have, a, a simple guideline that we follow that relates directly to our schedule. Um, you know, where we're going to be. And so every week our schedule changes, obviously, because we're food trucks and we move around a lot. And so every Monday I make a big, a big overarching post that highlights our schedule and what the special of the week is, um, which changes every week, but we repeat specials often. Um, but we just try to highlight something new or different every week on top of our regular menu. So I make a big post every Monday and I boost that post so that it can reach both old and soon to be fans. Um, and then every day that we're appearing somewhere, I will schedule a post to be published that like early that morning, like usually around seven thirty or 8 AM just to get out there that it's a basic, like a check-in post, you know, it says the couch and the gringa is at XYZ location. Um, and I do that so that people can easily reference if, you know, if they log on to Facebook that day, they can easily see where we're at that day. Um, I don't know how effective it is. It's hard to gauge this because a lot of times people will see things without interacting with it. And those daily check-in posts get way, it's like so much less engagement than my big weekly Monday post, which is, I mean, by design, because I'm putting money and putting significant money behind that post every Monday. But, um, I just know that with a food truck, one of the most common questions I get is, where are you guys today? And so I'm trying to make it as easy as possible for people to log on, go to our page and see where we're at. So that's our baseline that we're doing. And I do cross post the weekly Monday post to Instagram as well, because I, I know for a fact that I have um, a lot of fans who refuse to use Facebook and they have frequently voiced <laughs> uh, their opinion when it comes time to, you know, to like, where am I going to find your schedule? And they've made it known that, you know, they're only using Instagram, for example. Um, so I'll usually cross post that weekly post there. But then as for the daily check-in posts, that's just on Facebook. And then above and beyond that, I'll do occasional uh, posts that just highlight aspects of our business. Um, our tomatoes, for example, are ripening right now. And so I just made a post about that because it's exciting to me <laughs> and I love my tomatoes. Um, and I'll usually cross post that to both Instagram and Facebook. Um, but that's about it. I mean, anything else that gets posted, it's, it's typically when it occurs to me. Mm -hmm. Okay. You've talked about boosting that Monday post. Do you do any other paid media with your social? Are you doing ads? Are you doing other things that involve paying to increase your reach on social? No, I don't use ads for the business. Um, I don't think it's a bad idea. It's just that our menu is so 
it's just like our location and our menu is constantly changing that whatever information I might post in an ad um, tends to expire. Cause when you think about ads, you know, at least when I think about ads, I think about doing it for, you know, a certain length of time, weeks on end perhaps. Um, and so I like to curate the type of engagement I'm getting in that sense. So, which is why when I, when I boost that weekly special post, I can more easily include the information that directly pertains to that week in the post. Um, but I did experiment with ads in the beginning and it just, it just got a lot of questions like, well, where are you guys this week? And where are you going to be this time? And what sort of menu do you have? And it's just, it's, I think it's specific to our business that boosting works better than ads. But I think, I mean, that's honestly it. I used to try to advertise on Instagram as well, but the reach on there is a little bit too wide for, well, at least the way that I was doing the ads at that time, the, the reach was a little bit too wide for our purposes. And so um, I scaled it back to just be really targeted. Uh, boosts on Facebook. And that's it. Well, I think I think what you're what you're explaining really underscores an important point and that is you really need to know more than who your audience is. You need to know what your business is and what the right fit, what the right social fit would be. For instance, it makes perfect sense to me that a business like yours, where you're moving frequently, your menus evolving, you're running specials, that an ad on Facebook would be too static and last too right. long. And, and it wouldn't give you enough real estate. A boosted post gives you a lot more real estate. And 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 but that's it sounds like that was something that you learned intuitively or you learned through trial and error. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and my experimentation with Instagram as well was another thing learned by trial and error where, you know, um, just the return on posts made on Instagram is not nearly as big as posts made on Facebook. Um, I think partly because of who uses it, but also because of where, you know, how people organically find you on Instagram versus Facebook is different, especially when you search hashtags. I mean, when I use the hashtag Ohio foodies, for example, I'm not reaching people in Sandusky <laughs> and advertising through my posts to people that live in Cincinnati is well and good, but they're not really going to convert into customers anytime soon. So that's kind of why um, Facebook has just been a more natural fit for that reason, because the, the spread is a bit more organic when it comes from local people telling their local friends. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your biggest mistake with social? The thing that just didn't turn out like you hoped it would. Um, I think I learned pretty early on that, uh, <laughs> I can't not advertise, um, especially in that first 
year, year and a half, we would notice a really big difference between the days that I posted a check-in post and the days that I didn't. And, it, and, and honestly, in the beginning, I, I hadn't honed it down to, you know, the science that it is now. So there were just some days where I would post, all right, guys, here, you know, we're, we're wherever we are today at this time. This is our special again. Don't forget. Um, you know, and we would just have days where it was just such a pitiful trickle of people. And then I would, then other days I would make that post at the very start of the day and the traffic would be more robust. And I think that was one of the biggest lessons I learned <laughs> early on is that you have to let people know where you are. It, the whole idea of build it and they will come as far as I'm concerned is no longer true. It's, it's not true anymore because the way that information gets spread is so different now. It's, it's a little bit strange to me actually that, you know, we don't, especially people my age and younger, like don't have that common place to go to learn about what's happening in their community. Like for me, I learn about what's happening in our community through Facebook. Um, but that's it. Like I'm not seeing commercials anymore. I don't get the newspaper. Um, and so it makes sense that, you know, there's a lot of people out there who aren't going to know about your business unless you're reaching a lot of different outlets. And this is something I keep in the back of my mind moving forward as well, because I know that there's going to be a time where, you know, Facebook might not be the best way to reach a lot of people. And I've started to consider other platforms and, you know, I, I want to be ready to innovate and adapt when the time comes. But um, it's just <laughs> build it and they will come. Definitely not anymore. And since we've started just five years ago, this is our fifth birthday this year, I've seen at least three food trucks start and close in this time, as well as like at least two or three restaurants. And these are places that I had only seen in passing you know, just happened to drive by and noticed it and thought to myself, oh, look at that. I wonder what that is. But never once saw an ad for them, never saw a boosted post for them. And I think it, I, I think it's linked, you know, there's, you just have to be out there where the people are to bring business to you. People will not patronize your business if, if they don't know that you're there. Yeah, the whole build it and they will come. That um, saying really needs to be adapted for the food truck business. It's like build it and they will come and then you move and then they got to find you. I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> you, you need you need a way to get the word out that allows you to be as nimble as your business is. Exactly. I mean, you're, you are nimble in the literal sense of the term because you're moving every day. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, you know, confusing for a lot of people because we have a, what we call a daily spot, which is the parking lot of a local business that we use as our base, let's say. And in the past, we used to open there every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. 
And that's generally been the case. But as, as the years progress, you know, we, we book more private events, we book more special things. And so this year, we're pretty much only opening there on Thursdays. But people always ask me, is this where you normally set up? And my response is always, yes, but <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Who knows when we'll be opening here next? And I always push people to social media to keep track because I can't give them a black and white answer that's always going to be true. Not in the food truck world. You just can't do it unless you're a food truck that doesn't move, which those exist, but that's not us. Yeah. Yeah. I think there, there's a term out there called, I think it's intermittent reinforcement. I think it has hmm. something to do with behavioral psychology. So if, if people don't know if their urge is going to be satisfied, in this case, their urge for empanadas, most or a, or a, a gringa burger, um, mm-hmm. then it just makes them want it all the more. So, so that maybe that plays a small role in your success. Yeah, it could be because there's that. Yeah, you're right. That whole <laughs> that whole question of when will we see them next? And I, there's other food trucks that play on play that up a lot more. There's a food truck that is based in Columbus here in Ohio that. Um, travels the entire state. And so when they get to a city, they're usually only visiting that city once in a year, once in a calendar year, sometimes twice. So they really play on that psychology of, you know, make them, make the customer want it bad. Yeah, get it now because it's going to be gone. Exactly. And and we've seen that play out with our, um, it's a special type of empanada that we have. We make the caprese which is uh, mozzarella cheese with my homegrown heirloom tomatoes and basil. And we only do this empanada once. Usually we will run it once and then we'll do a, in case you missed it, second run. And people go nuts for this because it's honestly freaking delicious. But also it's something you can only get once a year in a very specific window because I only do it in time with the harvest of our tomatoes, you know, at typically late August to early September. And um, it's crazy. I mean, when I, when I post about the Caprese, you just can see all these fans come out of the, come out of the woodwork here talking about how bad they want it and they've been keeping their eye on it and they're going to show up when it's ready and there's some customers who only come to us for that empanada. They wait all year just for that. So, I mean, it's, it's a really powerful tool. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. One of the things I like to do at the end of every episode is to have my guest, in this case, you, talk about a key takeaway for our audience. So what in your opinion, are the three most important things that a small business owner needs to know or do in order to get the most from their social media? Oh, well, this is a great question. I think that I can only answer based on what I've observed. Um, because I, I, I watch and follow a lot of businesses. Um, here in Sandusky, but, you know, as well as other food trucks located all throughout the state of Ohio and beyond. Um, so I see a lot of things and I see, I see different tactics that work, but I think the three most important things um, 
that a business needs to utilize when they're dealing with social media is they need to be consistent. Um, I think consistency is one of, is, could be the number one most important thing when it comes to social media, because you, you're, you know, kind of like subliminally teaching people when to expect information from you. And you want to make good on that promise. You want to deliver whatever it is that they need from you at the same time each week or whatever it might be. Um, I think that it's important to, to maintain a, a, a good level of aesthetics, whether it be, you know, just making sure that your pictures look good and there's no spelling errors in your posts or you're using proper grammar because all that reflects on your business. I know that I've seen plenty of new businesses just look like they're using voice text to make their posts and I can't help it, but it, it makes me wonder what type of business they're running. And um, I just, I think that all that needs to be really neat. <laughs> and then um, I think it's important to be authentic as well with social media because people can tell when you're trying too hard or when you're lying, you know, or when you're trying to create a persona that doesn't um, quite fit. So I think that authenticity really um, is crucial because like I said, you know, when we, what we post about are things that are important to us. Um, and we make sure to bring in, some of our private lives as well, because every year when we go down south to visit Argentina and visit my husband's family, we make sure to share those pictures and give people a peek into what life in his home country is like and what inspired the dishes that we're bringing to America. And so um, that authenticity is just, I don't want to say it's a tactic because it's not. I mean, it becomes a tactic, but it, we're not doing it because of that. It's Honestly, we just want to share a part of our life and, and people absolutely love it. Um, I think that it would come out a lot differently if we tried to um, pretend to be different. I don't know. I, I just think that people can tell when you're not being authentic. So mm -hmm. that's, um, I think that's it. Those are the, the top three things. Well, I, I think those are all brilliant insights. And I think that this will be very helpful for anybody who's listening, whether you're in the food truck industry or some other industry, there are some common things that everybody who does social media well does. And I think that you do all of them very well, Shannon. Well, thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for this episode of the Simple Marketing Academy podcast. Thanks for thanks for talking to us, Shannon. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Yeah, and and maybe we'll do another podcast where we talk about your other business. Sounds and great. Is, yeah, we'll just we'll just uh, leave that cliffhanger for people to guess what that other business is. So stay tuned for another podcast. Thank you for listening to the Simple Marketing Academy podcast. If you enjoyed the show, why not leave a review? It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback. 
And speaking of feedback, if there's a topic you'd like us to address on the podcast, let us know. Just drop us an email at info at simplemarketing.academy. The Simple Marketing Academy podcast will be back next week with more straight talk about marketing your small business. See you there.